Greetings, friends. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, here for a brief introduction before today's very special episode. Guys, it's official. Your friends here at the Film Alchemist, we're on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. It's the very best way to help the show. It's the very best way to make sure the show is exactly what you want. Guys, for as little as a dollar a month, you can get in, join our community, meet our awesome uh, patrons over there. We have some fun stuff at that level. And as you go up the tiers, you actually get to begin to select movies you specifically want us to talk about in a patron-exclusive library. Every single dollar helps, guys, I assure you. It means the world to us. Uh, for those of you who support us, thank you. For those of us who are about to, thank you as well. Make sure you go to YouTube, subscribe to our channel, Film Alchemist, to see video versions of our podcast there, as well as other videos that we come up with. Uh, all that, again, over on YouTube, Film Alchemist. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. And we're on all the socials that you're on. We're hip, we're young, we're easy to get a hold of. Uh, and we love to talk to you guys, so reach out. Oh, all right. Guys, you know the deal. The October Mega Marathon. 31 days, 31 pods. Today, another amazing guest appearance from our new friend, Chauncey K. Robinson. She was an absolute fucking delight to talk to. I found Chauncey through Twitter and her YouTube, uh, Chauncey K. Robinson on YouTube. She has a great channel where she does film reviews. She's a, a a writer, she's a podcaster, she's a YouTuber. This is a busy, busy person. But she, we were kind enough that she made some time to talk to me. Um, again, just so funny and vibrant. This is actually probably about as much as I laughed, man. I just would sit back and just listen to her and just enjoyed the hell out of our conversation. But uh, yeah, when you talk to Chauncey, it makes you... It makes you want to up your game, and she's just really good, and it was a delightful conversation. Again, make sure you find Chauncey. I'll have all of her information in the show notes and details. You guys are going to want to check her stuff out. She is fantastic. We thank her so, so much for joining us on uh, this October Mega Marathon. We hope she'll come back again. But today, she decided to talk about Constantine, uh, a character that I've loved for a long time. People weren't exactly enthralled with Constantine when it came out, but I think time has been kind to John Constantine. So without further ado, again, that's patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. <laughs> See, I'm the devil. I'm always asking for more. Uh, again, that's Chauncey K. Robinson. Find her everywhere and enjoy our discussion on Constantine. guys welcome to the pod today our friend chauncey robinson thank you so much for coming today yeah thanks for having me uh would you like to take a second and uh introduce yourself let everyone know what you're working on and where they can find you yeah, for sure. Uh, my name is Chauncey K. Robinson. I'm a full-time journalist and film and TV critic. You can find my written work on People's World, peoplesworld.org, and also on Rotten Tomatoes, as I'm a Rotten Tomatoes-approved film and TV critic, and also on my YouTube channel, which is Twisted Woman CKR, where I focus in on more horror, sci-fi, and uh, yeah, pretty much horror and sci-fi is my jam on YouTube. But on my other written stuff, I kind of go all out with other things, but I tend to lean towards horror and sci-fi. 
Yeah. Well, that's how I found you is through your YouTube. I think your channel is fantastic. So Thank you. I'll put all that in the show notes, guys, so you can make sure to uh, find Chauncey's work. Uh, so you were kind enough to come and help us on this, you know, mega whore marathon that we're doing. <laughs> and you brought an excellent selection today. Would you like to tell the people what you chose and why you chose it? Well, I chose Constantine, the 2005 <laughs> Keanu Reeves led uh, film. Uh, and one of those reasons is because I, I think the superhero horror genre is or subgenre of horror is often overlooked. You got Blade, you have Spawn, you have so many great aspects of that. And um, I think when you mix that in, it can be really cool. And mm -hmm. I, I just think Keanu Reeves did a great job of it. And I love the world building that happened um, with lore. I'm a big fan of horror lore, like digging into like the thing of the gods and and yeah. and God and Lucifer and all of that stuff. And I think this was a fun, fun time uh, in watching it. Yeah, I agree. I love uh, when any kind of genre adds horror on top of it. I think it just becomes so fun, right? It's like you, you not you, Jonah Hex, but the rest of them, good. <laughs> like it all okay. works really well, right? <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I thought I was with you because I remember when this came out. I'm a big Constantine fan at the time. I loved Hellblazer and all that. And everyone was really mad about Keanu Reeves casting. And now that it's been so long since I had seen it, I kind of remembered that people were not happy about it. I thought he was fantastic in this role. I did too. You know, it's one of those things. I think uh, because of the Constantine character, I think people wanted someone a little bit more hard around the edges and things like that. You had Keanu who's, I mean, who can dislike Keanu Reeves, right? Like, how can you dislike Keanu Reeves? And I'm supposed to believe that he's this cynical yeah. guy that has a chip on his shoulder. Like, I feel like that was the hard sell in that. But I think when you have a movie like this where a character is constantly cynical and a little bit not the nicest person at times in terms of some of the stuff mm -hmm. they say, I think you want someone who it's very hard to dislike. You know, yeah. because of the fact of Keanu being someone like that, you can go on this journey with Constantine and not be like, well, I don't even like this guy. Why do I care about what he's doing? I mean, you yeah, can't this guy can like go Keanu. to hell. I'm fine. Yeah, you can be totally okay with it. Like, of course, he should totally go to hell. But with, with Keanu Reeves, it's like, okay, but you know, I just yeah. feel like there's something about him that's redeemable. And I feel like yeah. that's what you get with Keanu in playing this part. It's, oh, it's very yeah. hard to see past the Keanu aspect. He's like he's he's one of those actors where it's like here's Keanu Reeves playing this, here's Keanu Reeves playing that. I mean, yeah. and that could be a good or a bad thing depending on what you're trying to get into. But I think I I liked him as Constantine. I honestly I at this agree. point, I just think he um, I don't think he was a miscast. I feel like some people thought he was, but I, I I'm totally fine with him being constantine yeah and i think that for the constantine version they were doing he fit in really well so a lot of it when you read constantine it's a lot of you know wisecracks he's very fast talking with his you know jokes and this and that and that's just not what keanu does but in this movie they really focus more on that you know why are you struggling so hard to do good when you've already made your mistakes right there's a very redemptive arc so yeah as the movie unfolds and you start to find out uh constantine's backstory I think that's when what Keanu's doing really congeals. And you're like, oh, yeah. He, so he's not as much this, you know, complete hard-ass kind of guy, but he's just this really broken, sad person. And yeah, I thought he, Keanu's delivery was perfect for that. 
exactly no i agree i think it, it shows like like you said when you unravel what he's been through like the whole thing of that life you took and then you find out the life he took was his own and it's yeah. like yeah this guy's been through stuff you kind of want to hug him and i know some people are like what you know like i don't want my constantine to be a teddy bear but it's like i mean to sell <laughs> this you have to remember it was a mainstream movie right they yeah. needed to put a face on it that could sell it someone that people want to get behind and I think Keanu just has a tendency to get that in all of us. I mean, we're seeing it with The Matrix. We're seeing, I mean, John Wick. Oh my gosh, one of my favorite franchises. You know, he just has a tendency <laughs> to get you to want to like root for him. And I think yeah. you needed that with the way this story went along with it. I think you needed that. Yeah, well, I mean, especially when his adversaries sometimes are angels and God. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, you have to be pretty goddamn likable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, who do I want to win necessarily? Yeah. And it's it's Keanu. I mean, he's just, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it takes a little bit of getting used to with him being as cynical in the beginning and kind of having a, a, an attitude and not being a little dorky like he normally yeah. is. But it's like, okay, I can work with this because he's yeah. allowed to have those emotions. I mean, in a, in a film. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's going through a lot in this movie. He's really yeah, happy he to deal with a lot. he is definitely going through a lot. Well, I mean, I thought that was the cool thing is by the end of the film, right, you have not only just the emotional work that Keanu's done, but the way that the other actors treat Constantine as this, you were once the John Constantine, to where even at the end, like, devils and angels are respecting him and somewhat afraid of his mm -hmm. ability. And there's something about that, the way Keanu's so subtle that it makes that stuff even cooler too. Cause he's like, I know I'm awesome. Like I'm not worried about the devil, right? I'll handle him. <laughs> and yeah. if you have a guy who's like too braggadocious, right. Then it feels like a front, but Keanu's just like, yeah, I know exactly what's going on. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Once again, it's just like, he's, you know, he's likable, you know, you're not mm -hmm. like, Oh, this guy needs to be brought down a peg or two. He was brought, you find out he's brought down at his lowest when he was very young. Yeah. And having these powers that he had and then it not wanting to um, deal with them. Kind of, once again, like in any other franchise he's been in, being the chosen one, right? And, <laughs> <laughs> and There's like, a lot of that going yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> he's usually the chosen one. Yeah. So it makes sense with this one, too. But he's the Neo that didn't want to be Neo and just yeah. killed himself first, you know? So <laughs> The Neo uh, who's like, I just want to be back in my goo pod. <laughs> exactly. That's, if, if Neo had he taken a different route yeah. in the beginning. That's right. <laughs> well, no, I... I actually something you talked about uh, a moment ago too that I liked. I love the the world building, mm -hmm. not even the physical like locations that we're in. Right, I love yeah. the way they did kind of the um, occultist MacGyver with Constantine yeah. in this one. I thought all of the spells and tricks were so wonderfully visually crafted. Like even something as small like I kept wondering what are his tattoos, right? Mm -hmm. And at the end he puts them together. It's one of his, you know charms and defenses what did you make of how constantine worked in the occult realm in this movie i i, I like that i mean i'm one of those i do like lore i have a lot of books about different kinds of uh culturally of uh, hoodoo which is you know black magic not black magic like the mainstream stuff but african-american right. uh witch work and things like that and voodoo and things like that so i'm i'm all about that in terms of just like I love what can be uh, taken from that, what can be, you know, touched upon. Um, and I, I just really enjoyed it. I think when you think of 
world building, one of the great things about it is you want, you don't want them to trip over themselves, right? You don't want something so convoluted where there's so many rules that it's like, even you kind of forget. (laughs) And it's kind of like, okay, that you weren't allowed to do that or or worse they break their own rules and just hope you go along with that can really take you out and i think what the movie did is it it had a really good balance of giving you rules of like you know demons aren't allowed to cross over that's the whole you know thing that they have god and lucifer have a deal things like that it's broad it's it's specific enough about for the plot but not so intricate where it's like okay do i need to remember this for this conversation that they're having right and i've seen a lot of you know i've seen a lot of stories where they do world building or some form of world building or more so they have rules that it kind of feels like they break towards the end like uh us was one of those movies i kind of had that vibe about where as much as i love jordan pill i was just like oh you created something you started breaking your rules and it's right. like that can really just kind of take you out. And I felt like Constantine did a good job of not doing that. Yeah, I feel like I mentioned it before on one of these like 31 episodes. So forgive me, audience. But I call that the uh, it follows paradox, mm. right? Where they set up this wonderful log line. And you're like, that mm. is such a great pitch for a movie. But the more the movie goes on, the creature starts reacting differently. And then you're like, well, wait, why doesn't it always disguise themselves as someone they know instead of a seven foot tall bleeding eye man? Yeah. Like that's not a very good predator defense, you know? And yeah. so you start like losing your mind. And by the end, it's just not even, it follows anymore. Right. They're in a pool and, and it, yeah, I mean, I think that can be hard, right? Or you go the other way where you do inception mm-hmm. and you have to write a character specifically to do the like six minute. Here are the rules of inception. Yeah. Speed. You have to stop and explain everything. <laughs> and you know, and that's fine if it's yeah. done well enough. You know, it's like, what is that? Um, a story mechanism. You know, it's things yeah. what they do where they introduce a new character who's never experienced. So they ask the questions that the audience would need to know. Yeah. Like, we've seen it. It's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I don't yeah. mind it when it's done well enough. Um, yeah. I've seen I've seen in recent times movies that don't even that don't need that necessarily. And they do pretty well in explaining it going along. But yeah, I feel like Constantine had a thing where things were explained, but not so much like let's pause everything. And if it was paused, it was done in a cool way. I felt yeah. like well, it was always like he's doing a spell and like what is that? He's like just shut up. This has to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. Like when he's putting his foot in the water and holding mm-hmm. a cat, and she's like, um, hey, creep was in my apartment. He's like. Trust me, demon stuff. It's like, all right, cool. I trust you, demon stuff. Let's and just roll with it. Yeah, now I'm just literally walking through hell. And they don't stop to be like, this is how we rip the portal to hell. It's just yeah. like, okay, he's in hell and it's great. And mm-hmm. hell looks amazing. So I'm just cool with, but stuff like that, right? The visuals of even staring at a cat with one foot in the water. It was so quirky. I don't know if that's the proper word, right? But it didn't feel like, because he even made the joke about the pentagrams and the candles, right? Yeah. And I was like, I thought it was just so cool that he's just like, you know, well, I got this like bandage in my hand for if I have to do sunlight punches on demon, you know, like it was just so <laughs> built into how he did it. And I thought by the end, there was kind of this cool working man's, you know, fighting against these heavenly powers. I thought, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I thought the magic in this movie was exceptional. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it doesn't always fall into the stereotypes. It plays yeah. on the quirkiness, but like you said, like it's actually something that has to be worked out. It actually takes effort. There's something that you wouldn't expect that he has to do. Yeah. And in a way that's played for the joke, but it's also like, well, this is part of it. And I think that that goes back to like the world building mm-hmm. of, you know, even like the whole idea of, you know, um, the people of what he did when he was young, right? That damned him to hell. 
you know, it's not necessarily spelled out, but you realize that Angela's sister also did something like that. And it's yeah. like, okay, because she, you know, committed, you know, that she had to go here. Now, I mean, that's a rule that even in this world, you know, people can know that, but it's not necessarily, um, everyone doesn't, you know, cause not everyone believes in, in that or whatnot, but it's, it's kind of put into the plot line in the story. Um, so there's these, these aspects of religion and lore that we know, plus his other stuff that we, that wouldn't come naturally to us, like the cat and the water. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, didn't see that in like the Bible <laughs> about how to go to hell. I don't remember that chapter. So yeah. Okay, cool. Like, I would have probably been more interested. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very good, like, and it had like this, you know, kind of comic book feel kind of vibe yeah. to it. Right. Because of, you know, Constantine and stuff. So yeah. um, I think that, I think that's also a good aspect of it too, kind of that merging of yeah. uh, of those mediums in that way as well. Yeah, I thought that a lot at the bowling scene when he gets B Man or mm -hmm. B Man. Maybe it was just called B Man, not B Man, but he ended up being a B Man. B Man, yeah, hi. Yeah, but I uh, <laughs> I like the I just like the whole. I love when they have ancient old tomes and movies, right? Like these giant leather bound like woodblock print art books and i'm always yeah. like where the hell are those i would buy all yeah and I, I love that whole thing and what i really liked about this story a lot too is because you brought up the interesting point right what if you were watching this movie and you don't believe in any of this shit right like christianity mm. and whatever i like that they specifically put in the back door that there's always loopholes right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. even when there is something you know that's a tenant of you know a christian religion which is you kill yourself you have to go to hell right and there's this really sad, tragic fucking part, right? When Gabriel is mocking Constantine, right? And she's mm -hmm. like, you humans are the favorite. You guys just have to ask for repentance and everything's fucking cool. And it's heartbreaking because it seems true, but you're like, it's not true for him, right? Mm -hmm. Like Constantine yeah. has been trying so hard to get forgiveness and he can't because he made this thing. But then in the end, he's able to find a loophole and save the souls of both people who killed themselves because... Of the and so I thought that was a really nice thing to build in, and it's it didn't feel as you know attacking the, you know suicide victims and this and that. So I I thought they were really clever in that. And actually, if I had to pinpoint the thing I thought was the best part of Constantine today, is I thought the the supporting cast was phenomenal. Oh yeah, in this film. Mm -hmm. I mean the characters are wonderful across the board. Uh, what were uh what are some of your favorite moments about this cast? Moments that really leapt out at you. Well, of course, um, uh, what's name? Tilda Swanson, right? Uh, mm. She plays Gabriel. Oh. Uh, and I love that aspect of it yeah. where, you know, especially with the archangels, a lot of time in the lore <laughs> and stuff like that, you see them as like these, you know, seven foot men and things Little like Dolph that. Little Dolph Lundgren looking, yeah. Yeah, and so you have her, you have you have Tilda playing this part and she and it's, it's done so well. Oh, yeah. um, and that kind of thing. I kind of got the vibes when she has that whole thing about, you know, you guys are the favored and things like that. And I, I got I got some Christopher Walken prophecy vibes from it. Yes. Like, you know, the talking My favorite monkey. movie angel yeah. ever, Christopher Walken. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you know why you have that cleft on your chin? Because I said, you know, just mess. Yeah. <laughs> That's his jam. I love Hell prophecy. Yeah. And I think there's that aspect of, you know, I think she, you know, I think she's on that level of just how you kind yeah. of embrace just kind of, a little bit of the ridiculousness of this character, but also that vulnerability of... Yeah feeling like you know it's a complex character she's not you know gabriel isn't necessarily evil right it's it's more so 
they look at humanity and they're just like, yo, why are y'all the ones that are getting the favor and stuff? So I, I love, I love when movies kind of pose those kind of, um, the loopholes or the questions to things like that. Like maybe humans have screwed up enough and it's not. So I love that aspect (laughs) of it. Um, I, I really enjoyed, uh, the moment when, um, Keanu, uh, Constantine is going up to heaven and Lucifer's looking at him and he gives him the middle finger while he's amazing. I mean, fucking amazing, right? I love that moment. That's like one of my favorite moments in it. Um, and you know, of course when Lucifer like digs out the, the, um, the cancer, I thought that was great. A lot of, a lot of really great visuals as well. And you know, to speak to what you were saying about the loop, loophole, I thought that was a really good aspect too, because you know, in the beginning, there's a whole thing of, you know, uh, Constantine being told that he can't buy his way into heaven. Like it doesn't yes. matter what you do. And I think we we talked about the fact that there's people who don't believe in uh, some of the stuff that's going on in the film and what it, the film pulls on. But you have you have people that do right, and there is kind of that thought process of the idea of suicide and what yeah. that does and and damnation and things like that. And I I love the fact that the movie kind of puts that loophole or more so here's something that's bigger than just that moment back then. And I, I think that can be good for people who, you know, uh, maybe a lapsed Catholic or someone yeah. <laughs> who has certain beliefs and just kind of like, cool, like that's nice to kind of think that's a possibility if there's yeah. a possibility, if I was to really dig deep into something like that, you know? Yeah. And this has this is one of the better movies at this. I watch a lot of religious horror. That's like my favorite subgenre of horror, right? Anything yeah, with an exorcism. Yeah. It's that old quote, right? Whether God is real or isn't, either answer is the scariest possibility, right? Like, yes. are we alone or is there some <laughs> guy like holding a magnifying glass over us? Yeah. It's it's always good for horror to me, right? I mm-hmm, think it's mm-hmm. great. And what I like about this one is it really captures the the mood of these kind of horror movies, I think, right? Which is there's a there's an absurdity and a hopelessness built into these premises, right? Yeah. Because if you accept the the basis and the framing of this Christian God, he knows everything that's going to happen and he's all powerful, right? It's one of the kind of fundamental flaws is Lucifer is not an adversary of God. Lucifer is a tool of God, right? He yeah. made him to fail and be down here to do what he's doing. And I thought this movie really captured that, especially by the end when you see Gabriel just maybe this will be something that will get his attention, Right. Mm -hmm. And Lucifer doing the same thing where, you know, he's so badass for like a minute. And then all of a sudden, God's just like, no, you can't have Constantine and floating him out. And he's like, God, you know, and even Lucifer (laughs) is, you know, kind of just sitting here. Subjected. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're sitting in that moment and you're like, well, yeah, no wonder Constantine is, you know, no pun intended. So devil may care Mm -hmm. because (laughs) it doesn't matter. God could have just stopped this at any second. Yeah. And so it really plays into that in a cool way. And Constantine's just forlornness really amps up the fact that he really was willing to just give it all up for this woman's sister. Right. And so mm-hmm. it just the way they kind of blend the big questions and the tone and the emotionality of the characters. I feel like it because there is some clunkiness to the movie here and there yeah. and some of the CG is not aged super no. well. <laughs> but when the when the movie needs to deliver it always did right like the scene yeah. today i was like my, by far my favorite scene in the movie was with his friend the past the priest yeah who is trying to help him solve the mystery and the, right? when he's drinking the alcohol oh that, that always makes me uncomfortable too because i saw that when i was in college and was drinking heavily <laughs> 
and like for like a week i was like dude i can't drink anymore like it bothered me because watching him just and nothing's coming out right this man just desperate to silence his mind for a second and then watching him just you know drown himself in alcohol i thought and then i liked the way that you know what was his name balthazar walks in right mm-hmm. and it just it's this beautiful haunting moment right it's, to me it's kind of the perfect summation of what i love about this movie right is this we are all playthings. who's pulling the strings and why do we have to suffer why does this man of god have to suffer like this yeah right and there it's just this wonderfully haunting i mean seriously that that scene is like scarring every time i watch <laughs> yeah it. when he literally drowns yeah and it's it's just very simple right it's a very simple to the point kind of scary moment that we all understand mm-hmm. on a very deep level so yeah i thought that was my favorite scene in the movie i love that no it's it's a really it's a really great scene like you said it, it is really haunting um i think yeah, it plays, I mean, there's there's multiple ways to look at that, right? One way is the idea that we all are just playthings. The other thing yeah. is thinking of it as not just this insurmountable thing, that unsurmountable thing that cannot be dealt with. Cause like you, like going back to what you said about Constantine being a, a working man kind of yeah. exorcist, right? So it's like, okay, here's these practical things that can be done. And I think if you look at the the real world, whatever, if this is the real world, uh, if you look <laughs> at the real world, um, how people, you know, go to things such as like witchcraft and stuff like that, that's, that's, that's in, and even with prayer and things, there's a certain wanting to have some kind of autonomy there to have something to say I can influence this this is not just the idea that I'm just someone's pulling the strings but there's there's there maybe is a game going on and maybe I don't know all the rules but I'm not completely like just a piece to be moved on the board and I do think people and I think I, I, and that's one of the aspects I do like about content because there is this idea of not just looking at something like, oh, this is all inspiring. I can't do anything about it, but it's like, okay, I want to get her out of hell. How yeah. can we do that? I mean, yeah. it's kind of that real practical way of looking at yeah. religion um, or spirituality, mm-hmm. but I think there is something empowering about that. And I yeah. do think in, in certain media, when we see that, I think there's, you know, people who gravitate towards that and saying, hey, I like that kind of way. It's even like in Beetlejuice where um, limbo is a waiting room. I always <laughs> love that. I was it, like, yeah, it's like a waiting room. That's cool. Yeah. Like it's, it, you can you can put it, cause you know, we can't as humans think about <laughs> infinity or something. It's it weird no. for us, you know, we can, yeah. our brains can't do that. But no. when we can put it in certain other things, it doesn't seem as an endless void of depression yes. of, well, this is just it. I'm only here for some odd years if I get that and so on and so forth. And I think Constantine kind of beating the odds, even in a loophole was also cool to see. Yeah. Well, I think you're right, actually. Yeah. I, I must've misspoke cause you totally just dropped knowledge on me, but every character, <laughs> right. Does exactly what you're saying instead of succumbing to the nihilism, right. That none of mm-hmm. it matters. So even when this man's drowning to death, he finds a corkscrew and yeah. stabs a clue for Constantine, right? Mm-hmm. When uh, Beeman's getting, he knows they're coming for him. He's trying to feed Constantine the last bit of info. And his last line, right, was really cool when he's just like, you know, even if you don't believe in yourself, we believe in you. Yeah. Right? So he's like, I'm done. Like, it's coming for me now. Yeah. But I want to make sure it wasn't for nothing. Nothing. Because yeah. I've always believed, too, because I grew up in like a really 
crazy religious area, right? We were like a farm community. So like this okay. is like a real like center of the universe kind of thing. And I've always thought, you know, kind of God and the devil spring from within a person, right? Mm. And I think if you have a religious code to follow and, you know, it's something that makes you not feel alone and make it not feel like all of this is for nothing, I think that's really healthy. I think it's when you start twisting it and using that against other people when yeah. it goes wrong. And I think Constantine is that perfect reminder of if you're just a guy with the code, right? You're just a person <laughs> in this world. And like, here's what I think makes me a good person. And yeah. here's what's worth putting it on the line for. And almost everyone does that. Even uh, Rachel Weiss's detective characters like that yes. too, right? Mm -hmm. Like she's just, something's got to be made right. And yeah. even when she knows her sister jumped, right? That would be the point that a lot of people would check out. Yeah, Hopeless. like there's nothing I can do. Suicide, yeah. That was it. But she's like, no, there's got to yeah. be some other way. And even kind of putting it on herself and saying, maybe if I had, you know, oh. uh, you know, touched into my own gifts and they wouldn't have felt so alone, yeah. this could have been avoided. And of course, with things like that, you don't want to blame yourself, but also kind of saying, this is not completely hopeless. What can I do yeah. now? What can I step into now? So it isn't in vain that she died. So she becomes, she starts doing the psychic thing, you know, kind of tapping into that gift that she let go dormant for so while. So you, like you said, you have so many characters who have their own kind of journeys. And even though it's not as like, they don't get as much, attention and maybe Constantine's character gets for his journey, it culminates into a very uh, consistent theme, you know, yeah. of trying to not lean into the nihilism. Even Gabriel, right? Kind of like the idea of all these talking monkeys to talk to Christopher Walken, <laughs> uh, you know, they just get to, you know, go around like, what can I do about that? I yeah. mean, of course they're on differing sides, but even right. that character is saying, hey, uh, something's gotta be done. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's how you know a character's a good villain is when they're saying their spiel and you're like, I don't know that she's wrong. Yeah. Like, it seems kind of like a dick move, but, like, <laughs> not all the way wrong, right? You yeah. can see the arithmetic, at least. Like, she did her homework. <laughs> I know. I've thought about it in the last year and a half, if some of those things oh, yeah. are right. I'm like, well, maybe Gabriel wasn't wrong. Yeah. You just get on Twitter. You're like, yeah, I think that's enough out of us. <laughs> yeah. We've gone maybe as far as we we'll go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I really, uh, yeah, I just, I found everyone very, like, even Shia LaBeouf, right? Yeah. Has this great little turn. This was back when he was, like, on his rise. Yeah. And we all thought, like, oh, this guy's, like, the guaranteed next big star. Yeah. He's really good in this. Mm -hmm. But then there's also just this constant thing the movie does where you're just like, God, can Constantine catch a break? Yeah. Like, watching that kid get destroyed like that. And it so, was so matter of fact and just yeah. not as overly dramatic as it could have been. And that made it hurt worse. I felt yeah. really fucking like, sad really? in that moment. Oh, like, Ugh. it was nice with the bonus scene that, you know, you see that, you know, so that was something, but still like not being able to kind of come into his own in his human yeah. life. Um, but yeah, no, Shia was, uh, was really good in it. Um, I enjoy this character. And sometimes that can be hard when you have a character who's like an apprentice and like, I should be like you to your main character. You're kind of like, oh. like I, he wasn't necessarily a kid, but he was like the younger person in yeah. there. And I tend not to like those characters in yeah. horror movies. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those people, I'm just like, oh my gosh, the kid, sure. You know, they're going to get themselves in trouble somehow. Yeah. And then they, our main character has to save them. 
Like, I don't like those characters. I just think they're plot devices, walking <laughs> plot devices. But um, I liked him in this. I did. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is it. And, and the fact that they did have him die, I was like, you know what? That's boss. That's a boss move. Because yeah. usually when characters are like that, the kid characters or whatever, they're usually untouchable. Or at yeah. least back in the day, they were. Now they're yeah. killing kids everywhere in these movies. Oh, but, dude, they'll, <laughs> they'll kill your dog in movies now. Right? Like they don't give but a shit anymore. But they've always done that, which yeah. I'm glad they moved on to the smaller humans in this regard. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm an animal lover, so I'm like, dude, you, know, you don't gotta kill the cat or the dog to let me know that the guy is evil. I already yeah. know the guy is evil. He just chopped <laughs> off someone's head in the previous scene. Yeah, you gotta kill the cat. I agree. Well, <laughs> like, this is one of my my home. film my film hot takes that I've been trying to spread. As I said, I think Cruella DeVille would be more likable if she made her coat out of 101 kids yes. than puppies, right? I I'm like, like more people would have <laughs> like, all right, maybe. Yeah, we all love puppies, but we've all seen a kid out in public. You're like, man, fuck that thing. Like, right? fuck that like, little uh, person. <laughs> yeah, this one. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I honestly was surprised because when Shia LaBeouf's like putting the things in, he's like, oh, I've been studying and learning. Like, I'm really ready. I was like, all right. And the witch doctor kind of gives him the seal of approval. Yeah. And they're like stunned by his knowledge. I was like, oh, he's not just that useless yes. comedy guy. And then he they saves They subverted the trope. They subverted the trope in which that yeah. was really good. Unfortunately, like I said, he died, but it was like, okay. So they didn't make yeah. him obnoxious and just a plot point for uh, Keanu's man pain in, yeah. this, in this particular <laughs> movie. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And, I, I, I mean, mean the even, death worked. It made me very sad. That's true. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, even, you know, there's a lot of subversion of tropes there because in the movie, because even with uh, Rachel Wise's character, um, you know, she's kind of the love interest. There's something going on there, but they never really make that the focal point. You know, it's yeah. kind of like we both have a mission here. I want to yeah. save my sister. That's, you know, and, and, and in a way, the most... Um, deepest connection you see with her character is with her sister you know like there's something on maybe in the background with Constantine but the the main focus is this thing with her yeah. sister and and her own guilt and things like that and the same thing with Constantine and his journey yeah. and I appreciated that too because you know sometimes once again there's tropes of just like the women just like the kid characters there's a trope of the woman character who has nothing better to do in some of these things especially the superhero genre right yeah and I think they did a great job with her as well. Oh, yeah. Well, there, I mean, there's definitely, like, the two moments where you're just, like, the sexual tension yeah. is melting from the the teen <laughs> when it's like, uh, you know, do I have to take all my clothes off? And he goes, I'm thinking. And she just does that, <laughs> oh. Like, she has that yeah. little, like, schoolgirl smile. And I was like, well, yeah, he's, he's you know, Keanu Reeves. Of course that's got to work. And then when he yeah. puts the charm necklace on and just holds it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, Constantine knows he's working magic right now. Like mm. normal magic, right? Love magic, but yeah. he knows. But yeah, he doesn't even stop to do it because he's also like, I also am dying and have a mission. <laughs> like but I have things to do. Well, I think they're both just so universally beloved and attractive. Yeah, I think you have to acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah. That like when two supernovas collide like that, yeah. something's gonna happen. Yeah, so something's acknowledge gotta it be there. <laughs> It'd be weird if you didn't do that, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, that's how I felt with uh, Thor and Valkyrie and Ragnarok. I was yeah. like, come on, they're there. Yeah. Good looking people on screen. Why yeah. not? Right. So you can't have lightning hitting that close to yeah. each other. That doesn't you gotta, work. <laughs> you got to acknowledge some kind of attraction going on. Yeah. But I like that they didn't feed into it too much. Cause I actually do like, you know, romance aspects. And I know some people aren't for that in their horror or yeah. everything, but I actually, I actually tend to like 
like it when it makes sense because I do think with horror, you want stakes to be higher. You don't want people, I mean, in some horror, it's fine. If it's just about body counts, like the Friday the 13th franchise. Yeah, right. Like that, <laughs> you, you, I don't need to know everyone's backstory. In fact, I yeah. feel worse when in certain certain aspects of Friday 13, they gave backstories. And I was like, oh, don't tell me this. I don't <laughs> I don't want to feel bad about this person. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Send it back <laughs> to the kegger enough. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, let's just make them stereotypes. I'm cool with that. Don't give me like a yeah. backstory, sob stories with these yes. characters. And then in other aspects, <laughs> you want the story. You want yeah. the backstory because it's not a body count kind of movie. It's more of a movie about you know, other forms of fear. Uh, That's more than just, you know, someone's hacking somebody to death and things. Yeah, well, this one is about the big questions of life, right? The Mm -hmm. why are we here and why is this happening to us? And the movie's constantly trying to fill the screen with trauma and make us suss that out. So we have to be emotionally attached. Yeah, the characters in Friday the 13th, that's like those cardboard standouts they used to sell at Spencer's Gifts. Right, stand them up and throw something. We used to shoot Nerf at them or whatever. You're like, yes. that's what those people are. These people, we have to feel a tremendous amount, mm-hmm. right? And because, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking, I was like, man, there's not really a soft moment in this whole. I mean, we just start out with this gnarly exorcism scene. Yeah. And then we just brush out. You're like, well, that family's going to be messed up. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, going to be something they're going to be dealing with yeah. for a while. Right? Like, she might not be possessed now, but there's going to be some long talking to's happening. Right? Exactly. And I think, you know, that was another thing about Constantine that I enjoyed, where it was like, there are dark elements. Death is happening. People are, people you care about, that you come to care about in this movie are meeting their demise. And uh, some characters are just getting piled on. But it's done in a way where it's like we were just saying, where like there's still some hope. There's yeah. hope there. And there's even kind of a semi-happy ending. There's hope. And I think for me, I'm not one of those people who I don't particularly care for horror movies that are so nihilistic that it's just kind of like you just wanted the the creator of it just wanted me to go on a journey to just be like depressed or go on a journey <laughs> to just like yeah. watch people who I know are going to die. Like um yeah. that's one of my issues with Ari Aster. Uh, when it comes to like hereditary and uh, midsummer, where yeah. it's just like to me, I just think this guy does not like humanity, and it just comes through. <laughs> he yeah. thinks there's no point, and and is you know I feel like his characters tend to be insufferable, even though it's greatly acted. It's pretty. Yeah, it's just like why am I sitting here for two hours to be told it's all <laughs> shit? Like, yeah, why See, am those I movies here? speak to my like those are like my favorite movies because I'm like oh, okay. I have such an infinite well of sadness. Yeah, but, but sometimes you know, I, I just gotta I like tap hope. it. Like, like, I, I'm <laughs> like, with you. I'm with you. It's inside. Like you do that for a weekend, and you're just like, oh, I gotta peel myself <laughs> off this couch and try to shower. But sometimes yeah. you just you gotta go there. But no, I I think to your point though, right? Like even the little girl, right? When Constantine's saving her, there is this constant. Although people are dying all the time, it is strangely life affirming because everyone keeps fighting. I think that's mm-hmm. the, a mm-hmm. great point you brought up. Yeah. And it actually is rechanging how I think about a lot of the movie. Because as soon as they get out the spear of destiny, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, I get it. Bloodbath to Antichrist, right? And it's just not that. I mean, it is a bloodbath for sure. But it just, it always felt impactful. Maybe not Gavin, Gavin Rawson. Is that, his? I can't, I can't. My wife is going to be so mad I forgot. Because that was her biggest crush. The lead singer oh, yeah. of Bush who plays... Balthazar. Yeah. Gwen Stefani's ex-husband. That's what yes. I think of him. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife's favorite man ever, even yeah. above me, I'm sure. 
But (laughs) (laughs) so his death was kind of just like a they winged it, threw it in. Right. So we thought that he was the bad guy and not Tilda Swinton. But even in that moment, I thought it was better than I remembered. Right. I like the thought that he was like, oh, Balthazar, you're an angel. Like, we got a deal. Right. And he just is blown away in the wind. I actually Mm -hmm. thought that really worked. Right. So even their bad character, they still got a good run out of. Yeah, no, I think, and that's the thing about, I love the gray area of things, you know, where it's not just um, totally outward and it doesn't always have to be over the top. It's kind of like, there's a battle going on. And and I guess that's why I go back to the whole thing of like that, like the limbo being a waiting room kind of thing. Like these things are (laughs) attainable. Like I can, I can, I can wrap my head around this stuff. Just like in our world, you know, there's wars, there's, you know, tragedy, there's travesty, you know, there's all types of things. And then you have this other element where in Constantine, it's the other stuff, but it's it's also the, you know, supernatural things, but it's very, it's almost like a reflection of our own things and battles we go on mm-hmm. every day. But yet there's, you know, other, other elements that are at play there, whether it's Gabriel, um as a disgruntled worker of god and just being like i don't really see what 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 they what god sees in all of you and things like that um so there's there's aspects of it that are reflective um you know like you said the cgi doesn't all of the cgi doesn't necessarily hold up but i think the storytelling definitely does i think it's one of those things where the story still seems uh relevant uh in terms of uh not being so it's depressing at times or it's sad at times, not depressing, it's yeah. sad at times, but there's, there's that element of hope in there, even with, uh, with the other characters, you know, the characters that aren't that good or because they're against humanity, we don't consider them. Right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I agree. Cause this is an argument I have a lot with other movie watchers. Right. Cause like you said, I like stuff like that. Ari Oster. I like a lot of that, like kind of sad, just sit and think about stuff movie. It's mm-hmm. also, I'm not watching the movie. I'm using it as a way to like, think about all the big big stuff that you put yeah. off all week um <laughs> and some of my friends will be like I, well i don't like that movie it's not fun because it's sad and i was like just because a movie's sad it can still be a fun experience right yeah and i think constantine is the best example of that everything that happens in this movie is fucking sad yeah even the ending is fucking sad <laughs> like you don't yeah. get the sense like they're all gonna go on to lead good lives no right like that detective her life is ruined the moment that you know that all of this shit is real and mm-hmm. that you can't see it and have no control over it. Yeah. You can't go back to work in your nine to five. Like, that's no. not a thing that can happen. Yeah. But although I would say this movie's constantly sad, it is, it's still fun and inspiring, right? So mm-hmm. I think a movie can do both. And I think this, I think that's the thing, right? Is this harkens back to a time when I feel like with comic book films, especially, we hadn't, the formula hadn't been locked in yet. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Constantine could swing in here. And actually really deal with death and tragedy and religion, especially. That's, you know, usually a very hot topic. Yes. You know, for something that's mainstream like this. And I I just, I missed that when we would get these comic book properties that were really coming from such unique and different points of views, right? Yeah. I And I think, you know... I actually, at times, I when it's done well, I consider Batman also a horror kind of comic at times, oh, yeah, depending on sure. its villains. Um, although sometimes they don't treat it like that. Um, and I agree with you. I think, I mean, that's one of the reasons, even as a horror fan, I'm also a comic book fan, as you can probably see in my background. I have Hulk <laughs> there. I have Batman here. I, I basically, I got that from my dad. He has a whole room of comics. Awesome. And every time I visit, I take a whole <laughs> stack with me. 
Um, and I and I think there are elements, even with with horror and in in the comic book genre, um, that you know, there's there's such a great way to be able to attack or deal with those kind of deeper topics, right? Because of the fact that sometimes people aren't expecting it. And it's like, just like with Constantine, you and I can talk about all the deeper elements and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then someone else could be like, well, I didn't really care about the deeper elements, but that was a cool scene right yeah. there, you know? And that's <laughs> He that's had that golden cross shot right? Like, yo, that was cool <laughs> when he jumped yeah, up right? and like all these things came at him when he was yeah. jumping up, that was the coolest scene ever. Um, and, and it's, and it can be for both, you know, and yeah. I think that's the beauty of horror films too, because one of the reasons why I love horror is because I have always felt like you could, you could pick your path when you watch it. It's like, okay, I could just take this as some monster thing or, you know, something bad happening to these people, or I can relate it to something I've been thinking about or what I think is a reflection of the world. And I think when it strikes that really good balance, it's the best it can be because, oh, yeah. you know, you know, there's always this debate, you know, of course, now, because people have taken the word woke and like, you know, either it's really bad or it means something super great. I think yeah. it gets kind of weird. I think it's overused. But, you know, I feel like horror, the genre has always, usually some of the best ones have set, had, have had something to say, right? Yeah. And when you do the right balance, even with Constantine, when you do the right balance, it can say something and not for lack of a better word, bludging you over the head with it but you could still get the messaging out of it too. And um, and if you don't care for the messaging, you can still just enjoy this film. You know, I think it yeah. can be both of those things. And I think Constantine is an example of that with this with this genre. Um, and, and at times it's, I don't think anyone would have called Constantine woke back in the day, but no. to some people who vilify the word woke, it probably is, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, like this whole thing about religion and da, 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 yeah. da, da. what are you trying to tell me? You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> like, hard because okay. everyone's so fast to throw like a label on something yeah. that lets them ignore it. Yeah. Right. So when I hear people weaponizing the word woke, it's so that they're like, I don't care if a horror movie has something to say as long as it's exactly what I want to hear. Right? Exactly. And, and that's like, throw, what it is. Yeah. Throw that shit out. Right. Like we did Child's Play this month. That was the franchise mm-hmm. we started mm-hmm. the month with. You're like, Child's Play 1 is this, you know, kind of crushing indictment on how we just leave single moms alone to suffer in the world. And, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of extra kind of societal examination that happens. And just because they don't have her do a soliloquy about how hard it is to be a single (laughs) mom, you see that shit in every single frame. And I grew up with a mom who was working hard with just us alone. Mm -hmm. And so, like, maybe it just stuck out more to me. But I was like, this movie is saying something. It's not just a doll serial killer, right? Yeah. But people are like, that's fine because everyone's relatable to, you know, everyone wants to relate to a working mom, right? But then you throw in other elements like, oh, I don't, like, I was reading that about Candyman this month, right? Yeah. Like, Candyman's woke. Thing. And I'm like, are you fucking out of here? Well, mind? you know what it is? Like you said, it's weaponized, <laughs> right? You you yeah. could have something where just simply because the main character is black, suddenly it's woke. As And yeah. honestly, when people vilify it that way, they're actually telling on themselves. Because what you're yeah. really saying is <laughs> you sure. don't think you don't think anybody who's non-white should be in any of this yeah. area as a main character, because yeah. if they are, of course, there's yeah. a message. But this thing, there's two, things do one of two things. Every, yeah. All media, and I, I say this as a culture critic, you know, all media does one of two things, either oppose the status quo or it tries to dismantle it, 
Those are yeah. the two. There's no in the middle. It's either it's trying to put something forth that it doesn't see a lot, whether that be more diversity, whether that be messaging, or it's playing into what maybe what they think is uh play like you know whether it's white dominance or whatever like that that's status quo yeah. you know like but it's still sending a message both of them do you just don't someone just might not like the message it's sending right so. yeah well also i'm always so confused by this in the horror movie circles because i was like the entire point of any good horror story is it sets you up for here's something that is recognizable right yes you know oh we have a kid on the way oh we just bought our first house oh no it's a fucking demon <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so they give you something that's recognizable as a life struggle Mm-hmm. And then they assault that with everything they can. Yeah. So every horror movie should be a deconstruction of the status quo. Yeah. Every single one that the works. The good ones right? usually are. Yeah. And there are movies <laughs> like, I like Leprechaun. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that has nothing to say. Right? Like Leprechaun, <laughs> Leprechaun in space. Like, they're just kind of like, this is fun. And you like it. I'm like, yeah, it is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But that's why it's not in, like, the pantheon mm-hmm. of greatest, like, you know, exactly. even Halloween, that was an assault on, you know, white people ran to the suburbs so bad things won't happen. Oops. Yeah. You Something know what I mean? Happened. Like, it's yeah. all in there if you look for it. And I don't know why people, because I'm like, horror, this is how I think of horror movies. Cause a lot of my friends are like, how can you watch that shit and go to sleep? You have kids. Like, doesn't that? <laughs> and I was like, honestly, horror movies are my happy place, right? That's mm-hmm. where I go to watch safely to work through the anxiety and scary stuff, right? Because yeah. it's happening up on that screen and there's a monster so I can kind of personify the hard abstract stuff, right? And so, you know, yeah. movies like this and Constantine and all that, that's what they're supposed to be giving yeah. us. It makes it seem like it's manageable, right? Almost. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing when we're talking about Constantine. It's the same thing when I watch horror. I'm like, you know, when I, and I think that's probably why I'm biased when um, there's certain movies where it just goes to crap and there's no hope. Cause I'm like, you know, sometimes I do think to myself, I could yeah. watch the news if I just wanted <laughs> tragedy. Like yeah, if no I wanted, shit. you know, if I just wanted- I could go uh, to my uncle's Facebook page for this. <laughs> oh my gosh, wait, I'm sorry. I think we just had an earthquake. Did you just get an earthquake? Yeah. Dude, we better stop talking shit. <laughs> 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 Gabriel's coming for you. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, it just started shaking. Oh, <laughs> That's so no. funny. Yeah. We were just oh. talking about Supernatural. <laughs> Hopefully well, we perfect. haven't offended the powers that be. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, what was I even saying? Because everything just started to shake right there. <laughs> I was like, what is, what? Yeah, we were talking about how Constantine and movies like this are supposed to yeah have these kind of issues exactly and i and i think for me i think that's where my bias is when there's no hope because i'm like well if i wanted a forlorn conclusion of this person just died there's nothing we could do we're looking for the killer i could watch the news but when i watch certain horror movies especially some of my fave ones like one of my faves is uh nightmare elm street dream warriors because that's a time where this team came together to defeat freddy cougar you know they just weren't like and I was like that, and the same thing. That's why Nancy's one of my faves because she was yeah. like this one. She thought she figured it out, and I'm like, that's that's autonomy. That's like being yeah. able to kind of take on a thing, and yeah. that's why I love about horror because when it's done well, even if the character and it's, and the thing is, even when the character doesn't succeed at the end, if I felt like I, it was given a good fight or it wasn't in vain, I can still love it. I'm not one of those people that needs a happy ending all the time. Yeah. I just want there to be a chance. <laughs> you know oh i agree well like if yeah. that movie ends with constantine just flipping satan off and he's dead 
<laughs> I think that movie's equally as awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, like, it right, equally cool. works, right? Because he gave himself up for something that mm. mattered, man. He fought the fight. Yeah, I I agree with you. Dream Warriors especially, because it's also all these kids that got put in, yes. you know, a hospital mm-hmm. so their no parents didn't have- to them. Because a lot of those 80 horror movies, it's like, oh, these kids' parents are rich as shit. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, I don't feel that bad for rich people in movies. That's one of my, like, quirks, right? But that one, you're like, these kids got thrown away. (laughs) And they're like, fuck you. We're tired of getting shit on. I love that. Oh, Dream Mm -hmm. Warriors is superb. But yeah, so to wrap this up, what about Constantine keeps you wanting to come back all the time? How Your fond summation of what this movie does so well for you. It's just, it, it, for me, it combines two of my favorite genres, which is the horror and the superhero, um, or more so the horror with the superhero tinge to it mm-hmm. that I, that I you know, just really enjoy. And I think it's a movie with good storytelling and um, really quality world building. Yeah. Um, it takes things that we already think we know about certain books we've read and, and things like that, the Bible, and <laughs> it, it does a thing where it plays on that, but in a very unique and interesting way. And I think it's it's for people who, you know, might have grown up in spiritual or religious families and for people who haven't. Yeah. So it's, it's fun for the whole family. <laughs> yeah, it just it reminds me of just like a, a Halloween bag full of treats, right? Yes. Where it's exactly. like everything about it is great. And yes, you might have like a, a circus peanut or a Swedish fish, which is a little bitter, mm. but you always have a Reese right around the corner, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. I agree. just I, I just think it, it deals with cause I'm always fascinated by religion, right? I grew mm. up raised very religious. It didn't take. And so then I became this like assault religion at all turns kind of guy. Mm. And as I've gotten older, my wife's still very religious. Right. And she's just like, Hey man, this just helps me get through my life. And, yeah. like, and you just kind of come full circle. And I like movies that let me do that, but it's also fun the whole time. Right. Mm. I, I just think Constantine is a just wonderfully fun film. And I, I am honestly kind of surprised it didn't lead to like a franchise i wanted there to be like you yeah. set it up for a sequel that's exactly why he didn't just flip off saying and die because they yeah. wanted him to stay alive yeah. to have a thing and you know i think it was like you know mixed reviews and stuff but it did do well in the theaters yeah. like i think it was like uh it it made its budget and then some so there's no reason why they couldn't have yeah. uh but you know um it's quality one timer yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it is fun because almost everyone I know, when you mention it, they remember it fondly. Yeah. So it does still it have a good, a good following that we all like. So, yeah. I don't know. You never know. If Keanu's rebooting all of his franchises, he could I'd come, come back, back. Constantine. Yeah. <laughs> he should. I'd watch it. I'd I watch would it. too. Yeah, I'd totally I, watch him as Constantine. I think uh, Constantine's awesome, but actually. Chauncey, I think you're even more awesome. Thank oh, you thank so you. much. Back at you were you. <laughs> you were so wonderful to talk to. Oh, thank you. Amazing really conversation. conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made it super easy for me. I was laughing and just enjoying it so much. Uh, would you like to remind everyone one more time where they can find uh, what you're doing? Yeah, you can uh, find my reviews and written pieces on peoplesworld.org and also at my YouTube channel at Twisted Woman CKR and also Chauncey K. Robinson at Rotten Tomatoes as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, hopefully, you'll come back sometime. Yeah, maybe for we sure. got to do this prophecy run we've been talking. About. 
Oh my You'll god. Be our go -to I can, evil I can talk about the prop. I can talk about prophecy. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you know the deal. Uh, I know today's episode was great, but tomorrow another episode every day this month because we lost our minds, but we're having a fun time doing it. So we'll see all of you guys tomorrow.